Hello everyone and welcome back to the Three Guys Talk Football podcast, the podcast where three guys talk football. One of those guys is me, George White, and I am joined as ever by Chris King. How are you doing, Chris? Hello. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. And how are you, Nathan Warby, my other fellow guest? Hello. Trading the weekend, but fine, thank you. Trading the weekend, yeah. Um... We're not going to talk too much about our teams for once, which is good, but um, we'll do a quick prediction for how we think our teams are going to do. Nathan, I'm guessing you you think Liverpool against Arsenal. Uh, you're not hopeful, are you? No, I think with how we're defending, especially, I think they're going to cause us quite a few problems. So I'm going to go 3-1 Arsenal, I think. Interesting. Yeah, that is actually... That's what I've got in my head um, but at the same time I trust Liverpool to roll Arsenal over and kickstart their season but we have said that a few times now and it hasn't quite happened um, Chris are you as excited as ever to watch your beloved Aston Villa under um, England and Liverpool legend Steven Gerrard still having a lot of fun there it's the most boring football I've ever seen um, but you know, we'll still get beaten by Forest, so that's fine. Optimism all round. I'm going to say Chelsea are going to win 1-0 and Aubameyang is going to score again because he's, hey, he's three, three for a lot better than people give him credit for. Uh, but hey-ho, no one wants to talk about that. I'm going to talk about a different striker. Um, one that has gone under the radar, I think, this season. Um for Manchester City, not you know, not many people have been talking about him, even though he's been doing really well. It's it's weird. Julian Alvarez. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. And I want to talk about how Big Jules has broken the Premier League uh, with his phenomenal performances. Now I am, of course, talking about Erling Haaland, the guy who I'm not going to say too much on this, but to me, he just epitomises how dull the Premier League is at the moment um, maybe it's just me being uh, dull myself in my old age I don't know but the Premier League for me has not hooked me this season it hasn't for a while and I mean what winning four titles in five years has Bundesliga territory you know what I mean and um, yeah it looks like Haaland's going to make City uh, even more phenomenal force so I do expect them to walk to the title. And the question I want to pose to you, lads, is, is he a good thing for the Premier League? Because obviously you want to have star talent and he is one of the best on the planet. It's great to see this sort of star talent in the Premier League. Um, but at the same time, he scores such... He makes the Premier League look so easy and he scores so many goals at the moment um, that it's just making it even less competitive, isn't it? Um, Nathan, we'll start with you. You look the most outraged by my outraged, negative outraged, take yeah. on this. Um, how do you feel about it all? No, I, I think obviously he's not good for the he's not good for Premier League in the sense that he's not good for our teams watching him carry City to a title. But um, I think on like on the whole, I think he is really good for the league because I think you always want the best players in the world to come to your league because it it opens the door for more to come. Plus, I think. Like him make, taking the city to that level invites sort of Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, even like United to train, to try and chase that. So we're gonna look 
yeah, they'll, they'll be looking in January and next summer to try and sort of catch up with City and try and find somebody who could do something similar for them. So I think it, it, it might it might ruin the league this season. But I think uh, I think the next couple of years could be interesting as everyone else tries to catch up with City. Chris, you in agreement? I think I think there's 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 merit in that that kind of logic in the fact that um, you know world class talent comes to Premier League, rips it up. Do you get your Mbappes at that point? Do you get all the because we we never really had the like Messi Ronaldo thing like that always happened in La Liga. So like would we would we be able to get the like second coming of that? I suppose. Um, but I don't know. It's just it. I think there's a lot, lot, a lot to be said for for what you're saying there, George. Where it's just, it's, it's not fun knowing that every week he's going to score a goal. Like you just, you know, there is going to be something out of somewhere because that Man City attack is so dominant. And like, I think he's only scored, he's only gone one game without scoring in the Premier League, um, which obviously City still managed to win four nil. So it's 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 that kind of like almost like you say kind of cheat code esque feeling like the Premier League feels like ultimate team being paid to win somehow. Um, it does feel a little bit like that, and I think the gap from like a mid table supporting point of view, the gap between like the top and the middle is getting bigger and bigger by like every season. Um, and I think this is just only making that bigger. Um, you know, people were talking about like before the season started, like Newcastle potentially pushing for Euro- European places and all of that kind of stuff. And like the rest of the league is kind of squabbling amongst themselves. And then you've just got City and Arsenal just carrying on. Like it's it's easy. And it's, I like Arsenal's approach where it's like more of a team effort. Like obviously, yeah, they rely a lot on Gabriel Jesus, but like there's a lot of pieces in that, in that puzzle and it's come together after a long time. Whereas Harlem just feels like. Oh, let's just go sign Ireland because we can, even though we signed a hundred million player last season, and they'll probably sign a hundred billion player next season as well. It just it it feels kind of like oh yeah, okay, you're gonna go and get the best talent again. Fine. Um, I don't think necessarily he's ruining it. I just think that model of like City being able to continually go out and get the best players, sell like all of their academy players to fund it, and then it'd be fine is a bit unre like not unreasonable, but like just ridiculous. Um. So yeah, that's that's my take on it. Like he in particular isn't, but I think this what he represents in that city model is kind of killing the Premier League. What do you think to that, Nathan? Controversial? A little city bit. buying the league? Yeah, I mean, I I guess they are, but I suppose whichever league you look at, there's always every league's got a team like it. Like Barcelona, Real Madrid, they buy it. Like whoever wins the league, like that. Like uh, La Liga every season is usually the ball. Yeah. It, it usually comes down to some sort of big, some sort of big signing. Yeah, uh, I guess this is my point. Really, is that is the Premier League becoming more like those leagues where you are, like Chris says, you are going to have a few or even just one team that's so far ahead of everyone else that it's, it, there's going to be no competition. Which, like I say, you, you look at this just the basic stats of it: four titles in five years. I know Liverpool have pushed them a couple of times, but not always and um it's the same teams cropping up there it felt i mean obviously i'm coming at this from you know as a chelsea fan i'm aware of the irony there and chelsea's uh role in making the premier league the way it is i'm not a massive fan of it either um even though i have benefited from it but 
yeah, so to me, I look at the, the Bundesliga and there's just, I don't know what, you know, there's no appeal to me because, yeah, Bayern Munich is pretty much guaranteed. Okay, they're not doing that well this season, but you imagine they will come through and win it. I just think that competition element is what makes sport interesting. Um, and, yeah, I don't know, the Premier League feels like it's losing it a little bit. It's good to see Arsenal, you know, and, and other teams like that. I was going to say Spurs, but they've obviously got their issues. It's good to see them nearer, you know, the top at the moment. But what well, we're coming up to game week ten, it just feels inevitable that those teams are going to slide away. And City just look unstoppable. It's just predictable. Yeah, that's the thing. It's the predictability, isn't it? It's it's that like knowing every year, okay, City are going to be near the top. And I think I've, what I find always find funny is like the you know those YouTube predictions you see where people are like put City like second or third or something. And I don't think that's out of any kind of actual what they think is going to happen i think it's just they just want something different to happen for once because like i know united always used to win it but they won it on like 80 points city are regularly breaking the 90 and it's just just boring it is i think the only thing i'd say to that is i think we're kind of in like with the city things happening now i think we're kind of in like an unprecedented kind of time because we've got probably arguably the best manager in the world imagine one of the richest clubs in the world with the best midfield player in the world and like for me the best striker in the world so i think obviously it's it's, it's not great from a rival fan perspective but i think like we are watching probably but like i think pound for pound i think man city might be maybe buying that sort of like that famous barcelona city might be the best team in our lifetime mm-hmm. just because like, because like i know they haven't necessarily done it in europe but like just when you, when you look at the football they play i just think like you have to kind of sit back and appreciate it and it's not all down to heart and it's like de bruyne's ridiculous they've got you know but Bernardo Silver and any other team would be like the star man on 300 grand a week but in that team he's like struggling to get in the star 11. Well yeah look at like Gabby Jesus going to Arsenal obviously. And yeah like, look, look what a player he is. Yeah but he couldn't even break into City when they didn't even have a striker. Yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting you can take that approach I personally resent what Guardiola has done to the Premier League in terms of the playing style uh, that's also dull every team wants to play that way now even if they're not equipped for it every national team wants to play that way now uh all of football has been influenced by it and i just find it monotonous and dull but you can hear from my voice that i am myself monotonous and dull. so there's an irony there um let's turn our attention from the top of the league towards the bottom of the league how do you like that for a segue um leicester tore apart nottingham forest in the only East Midlands derby of note. Uh, pretty sure Nottingham Forest and Leicester are bitter rivals. I mean, you know, growing up around here, it's just you wouldn't want to wear your Leicester shirt in Nottingham to tell you you would not make it out alive. Um, no, Sky Sports needs to chill on that. But they did win <laughs> and they won very convincingly. And uh, I think even more importantly, clean sheet, very important. But yeah, getting James yeah. Madison on the score sheet, tearing the defence apart, that feels like a big moment. Um, Chris, do you reckon this is a turning point for Leicester? I hope it is. Like, it's not necessarily think it will because we've seen false dawns before, but I, I really hope it is because I, I've got a lot of time for Leicester, and I think, I think there's, there's a lot to be said for how they came into the season. Like, obviously, all the Fafana stuff going to Chelsea, and that's going to disrupt a lot of the big players. And you know, when, where you're at it, like, kind of mentally in that kind of fragile squad, you know, you're selling some of your best assets and no one comes through the door. Well, they, they did eventually come through the door, but you know what I mean? There was like, 
But, you know, Kasper Schmeichel's left, Wes Smallman's retired. Like, all their big leaders are kind of disappearing through one form or another. Um, I think they are in need of a bit of a reset. Um, obviously, they've, they've, they've kept quite a lot of their players, which, you know, no one, I don't think anyone was expecting Tiedemans to still be there. Um, and I, I think, honestly, they could have genuinely benefited from losing more of those established players and getting some fresh blood in. I think, I think they've, they've struggled with, it's kind of gone a bit stale. Um, but I think Matt, get Matt, Matt, how is Madison not in the England team? Like, what the? Southgate, innit? What Southgate. the heck? Is? Well, Southgate. yeah, it's the, it's the Grealish treatment all over again before he played for Man City. Yeah, like, I don't get it, but like, Grealish has been, Grealish will get picked for the World Cup this year and he's been awful, but because he plays Man City, he'll go and Madison yeah. probably won't. The, the season that he got, like, the same, like, more chances created than De Bruyne and, like, same, yeah. same as got like, assists and stuff. And he's like, yeah, you're not going, man. He's like, what? Yeah, and it's, it's Madison's, like, if you look at, um, I think I saw on, on Sky, I think it was, like, under players under 25 who are English or playing a similar position to Madison or something like that. He tops every chart in terms of goals and assists, and it's like, he's not going. And, yeah. But, you know, Jared Bowen can go, for example. <laughs> I'm not trying to like dig out Jared Bowen and say he's a bad player. He's not a bad player, but like when you compare him to James Madison, Madison's been doing it consistently for years. Um, so yeah, I, I I I hope so. I hope you're right, George. I hope it is a new new dawn. But I I fear for that keeper. In all honesty, every time he's in nets and has a shot against him, I just get scared. Hey, he got me eight points this week on fantasy football. You leave Danny Ward alone. <laughs> Tactical masterclass from me putting him in the last second. <laughs> um, Nathan, do you think Leicester will survive? Do you think Rogers will keep his job? Do you think this is the moment where it all kind of comes together after a, a rocky start? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think when you, look, when you look at their squad, I think they've got more than enough quality to, to stay up. Like, even though they've lost, obviously, Schmeichel and for five, like, don't get me wrong, Danny Ward is not a Premier League quality keeper, so that, that is an issue. But um, yeah, they have got some good players. I say, I think keeping keeping Tielemans and Madison and Vardy fit, I think, is going to be very, very important. I think they're one one or two big injuries away from having a really bad season. But um, I, I trust Rogers. Like I think he's um, yeah, like he's like every club he's been at, he's he's had this like a little dip in form. Obviously, when it happened with us, he ended up getting stats for it. But that's kind of, that, that, that was kind of different. But um. I think he's earned quite a lot of. Um, I think he's got got a lot of like sort of loyalty in the bank with the board just because of what he's done this last few years. I think winning that cup a couple of years ago, uh, I think that'll that'll carry him a long way. Plus, like if you, no matter what club you're at, if you lose the players that they lost, I think you'd be struggling. But I think we've seen the league kind of correct itself a little bit because this, this always happens at the start of every season where like there's always one, one big team that ends up slipping down there and. So they need the promoted sides, they shoot up and then it gets around this time and then it all starts to, to balance out. So yeah, I think I think that'll be fine. Wonderful. And now from the bottom of the table to slightly above the bottom of the table, um Wolves sacked their manager. Um and they felt like yeah, you expected Wolves to be doing better than they were. They kind of low key ended up doing terribly. I think they won one in 15 or something like that. Um, 
And yeah, they've made the change. And I believe it is Lopetegui who's been linked uh, most closely to the position. So a bit of a change of direction. Um, and do you think it is time for Wolves to be a bit more adventurous with their managerial appointments? They've kind of gone for a defence-first approach. You know, nil-nils have become synonymous with Wolves. Do you think it's time that they make the most of their attacking talent? Um, unleash the beast that is Diego Costa. If you were coming in as Wolves manager, would you carry on with that defensive solidity approach or would you be a bit more adventurous with the players that they've got? Nathan. Hello, man. Talking to you. It's always specific to me. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think um, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? Like, fans fans are okay with a sort of more defensive style of football when it's getting results. Like, look at Conte at Chelsea. Like, I mean, the football wasn't pretty from what I remember but it was it was very much about or even Mourinho at times it was like the, the amount of times that he did Liverpool over with you know two shots on target two no kind of thing um but it's okay when you're getting results but I, I just think when you look at the players that Wolves actually have they've got so much like if they, if they just went for it they could do so much more like um a sign that I think went under the radar a little bit was uh Guedes from Valencia who like you know quality winger I think he, he can play through the middle as well um, like that's a very, very good attacking player. And then right, the, 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 the style of play this, that they've gone for just does not suit them. Right, that man is carrying the animals in the team. Like, he's a hero. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah, yeah, I had him for a little bit, yeah. No, but, I, um, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's, it, is it, surely it's Palace time, right? Surely it's, you know, get rid of Roy, bring in Vieira, that kind of life. Bring in something new, something exciting. Surely. Is is Lopetegui that man? Do we reckon? I, I I'll be I'll be honest, George. I'll be honest. My my footballing knowledge does not extend to his philosophy, so I don't know. Um, while Nathan furiously googles it, I will say that your face during the compliment about Chelsea winning ten nil against Liverpool was amazing. I will like people don't get to see that, but that was beautiful. <laughs> We'll have to unleash for Patreon supporters only a <laughs> video version of your podcast. Just gift that up, clip it up and gif it. Just constantly just charged in there. Yeah, Lopetegui did a good job at Sevilla last season. I think they had a lot of movement in the transfer market, uh, not positive movement. Obviously, they lost players like Jules Koundé, and they have a very old team now. But I think when he had, and obviously Diego Carlos as well, uh, I think when he had a good squad, he did good things, um, and I think he'll he'll be a good signing if they they get him there. It's defense first again, though, isn't it? Because Sevilla were were quite defensive. Yeah, but they were exciting to they watch. Were, yeah, well, more exciting than um, Wolves, but it when they got going. Because I I think with Sevilla as well, I think because obviously there's a lot of time when we're watching them, it's in the Champions League against like Chelsea, Liverpool, whatever. I think I think they had to be a little bit more pragmatic in those games, whereas I think. Again, like I, I keep coming back, like the squad that they've got. I just like I think if, if Wolves are playing, like no offense, Villa, but like, I think if, if Wolves went for it against you, they could cause you a real problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they would. They fully would. Imagine Diego Carlos against a petrified Esri Conda. I think I'll cry. Oh Christ. Um. Yeah. With that very uh, intellectual end to Chris's point, there <laughs> we will move on. To our final topic of conversation, he did the the proper end of presentation. So yeah. So yeah, that's that. Then. It was big, just like I've run out of things to say. Because if I don't run out of things to say, I'll be here for another hour ranting about how terrible we are. Yeah. 
So I'm going to turn, as ever, our attention to Fantasy Premier League for the final chat. Um, as much as it pains me to do so, for I once again lost ground on both of you. It looked like for a minute I was going to claw back two points on Nathan, but no. <laughs> the uh, the Ward Masterclass made sure of that. Masterclass. Uh, but Chris, a very good week. You've clawed back yeah. nine points did on it. Nathan. Uh, how did you do it? Who who were your star men? Uh, Captain Harland, wasn't it? And Nathan foolishly back in Salah like an idiot. Yeah. Uh, that was this back in Salah was not as stupid as back in Ivan Tony. I will not be doing that again. <laughs> yeah, that, that is that is entirely. I was playing four D chess when the drafts board was on the table. That's what I was doing. But yeah, like literally, it was literally forty six points from Harland, and then the highest next was eight with <laughs> Jesus. So it was just you jammy B word. I know. Tell me about it. Um, big transfer moves though this this week. Um, oh. From two this week out of Crikey. out of sheer well, Kulusevski got injured obviously, so he's moved that out. And uh, Salah's gone. Salah's in the bin. Um, he's betrayed me long enough now. Uh, James Madison has come in for him. Um, and I honestly can't remember who came in for. Oh yeah, Foden came in for Kulusevski. Philbert over Kevin for you. you. Well, at the time, yeah. I hadn't got rid of Salah, and you had. JDB, so I was like, rather than equal you out, I'll just get Foden in. Because he seems to be an ever-present at the moment, and he's bagging, like, tons and tons of goals. So. Nathan, uh, you are still ahead by a decent distance. How do you do it, my friend? Just blind panic. Yeah, I uh, I captained Salah, which was a mistake. Like, I was I was at the game, and, uh, yeah, he never looked like scoring, so... But he, like he always has a good record against Brighton, so I thought I was being like you know, like super big brain energy, and then yeah he uh, he got an assist which was pretty dubious because he, he basically shanked his first first touch then Firmino tapped in, but we'll we'll ignore that. Um, yeah the, uh, the the Danny Ward play was actually a deliberate one though because uh, I, I had Sanchez and I, was, I had a feeling that um, I had a feeling that Sanchez was going to let in like I I thought Brighton caused his problem but I could see us scoring one or two goals past him, uh, so I thought oh, I'll put in Danny Ward and yeah he got eight so that was. That's quite good for me. But um, I, I've also uh, gone big with my changes. I've taken out Salah and Trent. I've, uh, I, I have, this might be the first time in the history of fantasy football that I've, never, that I've not had a Liverpool player in there. Um, yeah, I uh, took out Salah for De Bruyne, which is, yeah, I, 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 was, I was torn between Foden and De Bruyne, but uh, obviously City playing Southampton, I, I just got a feeling that they're going to run right there. And I, I think De Bruyne's like guaranteed points, whereas Foden's very much like, so 10, 15 points one week, nothing the week after, whereas I feel like De Bruyne's a steady eight points every week kind of job. Um, and then because you're playing Wolves, I've replaced Trent with Reese James. So I was really happy to see him score in the Champions League because I think that might... Like, he hasn't done much this last few weeks, but I think he could he could kick on now. So Yeah, he seems to be setting an inter-potter system quite nicely now, uh, even when we play four at the back, which is reassuring because, uh, yeah, it's always a worry that he's going to limit himself when we play without the wing-back system, but I think Potter's so fluid that, he's, you know, there's no way he's going to put the shackles on James like Southgate apparently tries to every England game. Um, yeah, I've also backed us for once, so I've brought in Thiago Silva hoping that his legs recover in time for that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I just think 
yeah, I, I just think without a manager, hopefully Wolves won't be too much of a threat. So I'm just going, again, hopefully, uh, safe, clean sheet points there. Other than that, I don't see me getting many points apart from, from Man City. And you cheeky sods, I'm going to rule that out anyway. So it's going to be a tough one for me to claw it back, but you never know. It's like, do you triple cap in the Astro Hatchet, though? It's one of those things, isn't yeah. it? But, I mean, you, you could say that. I don't think he's oh, one that's going to be like, oh, yeah, you don't see him being like, I got a hat-trick last week, I won't bother this week. I think he's literally got three in a row. Yeah, <laughs> yeah to, to, to fair, it's like rats, isn't it? It's like, he's never more than two games away from a hat-trick. <laughs> exactly. But, no, I think, I think I'm think i genuinely that confident that we're not going to score at the weekend, by the way, that I've put Nico Williams in. That's, that's how great. <laughs> that's... <laughs> Mate, it, like... City letting uh, City Forest letting four against Leicester. I yeah. think. Uh, I, I think you'll score. I think you'll score. Why? <laughs> I don't know. It's got a feeling. I just, just got a feeling. Confidence from someone who doesn't watch. Mate, I've just got a feeling. The last time I had a feeling like this, I put Danny Ward in. So, let's. Yeah. <laughs> mate, if Ollie Watkins could score, I'd be so happy. Mate, if, mate, if Ollie Watkins could finish, he'd be like. Oh. If, you're, if you're will be it, you just can't. Positions the man gets himself into, and then he just like twats it at the keeper. Um, but yeah, no, I, yeah, I think it's, I think it's an interesting one this fantasy, this fantasy league this year. I think, I think. No, it isn't. It's I, a terrible <laughs> one, and we should bring it to a close now. I think it is because like you're not actually that far, really. No, don't you patronise me. That's it. I'm bringing an end to this podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. <laughs>